0: Welcome to the Hospital Finance Podcast, your go-to source for information and insights that can help you stay ahead of the challenges impacting healthcare finance. And now, the host of the Hospital Finance Podcast, Michael Passanate. Hi, this is Mike Passanate and welcome back to the award-winning Hospital Finance Podcast. Developing and projecting executive presence is an important element for all aspiring leaders. Today, I'm joined by Michael Teep, co-founder of Teep Training International, to talk about five pillars of executive presence. Michael has conducted business and personal effectiveness design and delivery training, coaching, train the trainer, and training strategy development since 1994. Michael, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me, Michael.
0: So, Mike, why don't you you start out and just tell us a little bit about what you do, and then we'll talk uh, more extensively about the five pillars of executive presence.
1: Sure. TTI really is your one-stop shop for all organizations uh, on their learning and development needs. So, what we're offering is a partnership to organizations to help their people improve, exceed their expectations, grow their strengths. And we do that with the focus of, well, what do you want to achieve in an organization? So you can imagine it can be very bespoke, tailor-made, but also we can also come in and work on specific issues that need to be addressed in the organization. So we're a global support across all business industries and all levels of employee within that. Um, One of the things that's close to my heart is our division That looks after train the trainer. So that's helping develop training professionals like ourselves, um, facilitators of learning, leaders who want to stand out and project their message. And, And that's a little bit about what we're talking about today.
0: Absolutely, and and you know many in our audience, as we, we chatted offline before the podcast started, um, are aspiring leaders. Uh, not everyone is is the CFO yet, so um, <laughs> folks are, are working their way up the ladder. And um, and 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 I think we've got some great content here to talk about how they can project that executive presence uh, to help them along their way. So, the very first pillar of executive presence that you like to talk about is clarity. Why don't you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, the, the five pillars are uh, all-encompassing. So, you, you know, it's a whole picture. But the very first thing you've got to be done is to be heard. And it needs to be clear uh, not only in, in how you enunciate it so that people hear it the first time, they're not wondering what you said, but also the message has to be clear. It's got to be straightforward, beautiful flow from beginning of day to information that people need to know Uh, right through to your recommendations and what next. Uh, The rule of three, I don't know if you know about the rule of three, but the rule of three applies. It's easy to give chunks of information and be clear in three sections of information. But they all have to build towards, well, what's the point of why I'm listening to you? Um, And those messages you can craft, you could script them. (laughs) You You could read them word for word but they still are the the first pillar of executive presence and impact. I need to know what I'm saying. The message has to be clear throughout and I need to chunk it down into digestible steps. Um, You know, what's the point of even listening to you if someone's just going to spend ages on the introductions, ages on talking about the data when really we want to know how you synthesize that data, uh, whether that's in finance whether it's actually into the actual uh, diagnosis that someone's going through
0: and I think clarity was a was a particularly big issue um in this past say year year and a half um not only when you oh, think yeah. about how how you you may present a report or or information as you mentioned but um leadership through the ranks at a hospital during a crisis time period right
1: yeah and There's been a lot of work. Um, There's some work by David Rock from the Neuro Leadership Institute on what people needed in order to be able to be adaptive during that time. We all went virtual. Uh, And then when you were in the hospital space, it's difficult to communicate. You can't see each other's faces. You have other stresses on you. And one of the major stresses for human beings is I need to be clear what we're doing. The clarity is 100% up there, the first thing that they need. Okay, so you can't come in and say, Oh, we're just going to wing this. Yeah, just wear your mask for, yeah, see how you go with the mask. It has to be, Well, I can clarify what we know. And what we know is during any interactions with human beings face to face, you must wear this mask. Now, how are we going to take breaks? Or well, we're going to make sure that we take as many breaks as possible in the hour. You have to make it as clear as possible and create certainty. So clarity. If you don't know the landscape, as we didn't know, um, particularly in the hospitals, you didn't know what didn't know what they're facing. You know, right through to the how the airflow system works to the masks, to their visors, to the PP, uh, all that you know, our protective gear that we were wearing. What we could say is we could be clear. And concise about any interaction. This is what we need, and provide the moments when they could take a break in a safe place. So they're like, okay. I understand. I'm clear on those boundaries. Let's work from there. Yeah. So it's consistency of clarity uh, that's required. Um, there are so many different angles on, on that, Michael. Yeah. But that's it. That's also why it's the first pillar. I mean, it, we couldn't have gone through a more bigger example than the pandemic, right?
0: So so important. So important. I think closely related to that is the second pillar, which is expressive communication.
1: Yeah. And I don't mean like you have to be the world's best orator, the most expressive person in me in the world. That's not what it means. So expressive communication means that you have to be passionate about what you're saying. You can read your clear bullet points, your straightforward message, but you need to bring it alive. And that's where the expressive communication comes in. There needs to be some kind of passion. Why am I talking to you about it? Why is, why is it important that we get this, uh, you know, our reimbursement structure right? Um, all of our finance is in the right order. We need to identify the passion behind that, is that we're saving patients money. Okay, we're making sure that we're a strong structure, able to provide services Yeah, if we have a fortress balance sheet, for example. So here I'm using words that are much more expressive in the communication. I'm not just reading details. I'm hoping that makes sense, because the second part of that is you have to bring it alive with the words. The second part, you need to take people on a journey. (laughs) You need to be little bit of a story to teller and that doesn't mean you're telling stories randomly what it means is you're pointing out why am i talking to you about this issue here are the points the challenges we face here are the main points this is the land of opportunity we're trying to get to and that is you know more efficient structure brings down the costs our customers have a clearer idea uh, of billing structure for example throughout uh hospital yeah so it's about bringing it alive a good storyteller and that's something that everyone can learn it does not mean you have to be the most expressive person in the room we save that for certain individuals
0: (laughs) yeah no i think i think that the, the the people that frankly do the the best work in finance are the ones that know how to bring those numbers to life to to activate them and get people excited about that that mission right
1: 100 percent if they if they can't access why what's in it for the other person person who's listening they don't know who the key stakeholders they're talking to and decide to develop their arguments if they're putting across how to deal with a certain challenge with finance it's not going to happen you may as well just send them a report yeah and then they're going to make up their own mind you're trying to the whole point of executive presence and impact is to influence people it to a, a way of understanding your viewpoint and what actions are required while showing what you're known for which is uh, uh, the next couple of pillars as we come into them understanding who you are and what you stand for it's very important
0: and and how you deliver that sort of is the third pillar and that's poise which is so poise. critical
1: <laughs> poise is is everything from the the smile you give, even when you're talking right now, I'm I'm smiling. You know your poise, your physical makeup, how well planted planted your feet are anchored on the ground, and it affects your voice. You know where are you talking from, so people could clearly hear you. Um, and the sophistication of that, your poise, the sophistication is is people know that you understand their viewpoint i wonder if that makes sense to to your listeners is that you need to be telling your stories and being clearing of points to what is a benefit for your stakeholder your listener um, your boss the the patients whoever you're focus on at that time and and that 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 really takes time you need to understand more about the culture of the environment you're working in you yeah, need to understand the position that maybe you'd like to aspire to so so what is it that the next level up is doing what's more how are they more strategic in their thinking and, and using that as well as being physically centered Michael I think that's that's really the biggest thing is to if you planted your feet on the ground firmly, opened up your diaphragm, there's so many physical things you can do to help you with poise. And in the language, you're matching the language of stakeholders, uh, those you want to influence.
0: And I think that poise is, in a lot of ways, is my interpretation. It's fueled by the fourth pillar, and that's authenticity. I think it's much easier to be poised about your, your presentation when you're when you're coming from a place of, of authenticity. Would you
1: agree? Oh, hunt Yes, I wouldn't like you. But what does authenticity mean to people? <laughs> right, that's the thing. Um, and authenticity is the quality of being genuine or real. So, you may not live and breathe, and you know your authenticity might be honesty, might be family values. It could be any anything that of a broader range. When you bring it into work, is how are you genuinely connecting to the work you're trying to do? The purpose of the, the point you're trying to put across, the efficiencies you're trying to make, getting everything as accurate as possible, um, future state, making sure that we can still get um, reimbursements, thinking six months, a year ahead, those items there. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to be consistent. So authenticity is a huge piece. Yeah, but what we're trying to do with it is to build trust that I'm a credible person talking to you on this viewpoint, but I'm somebody that can be trusted. The way we get that is through being consistent with our messages of what we're trying to achieve and the why. Coming back to the why, Simon Sinek talks a lot about that in his Golden Circle, um, and he still continues to talk about that in his work of why. You need to connect to it. And people see, oh, you're consistent. I hear what you're standing for. But they may not have; they don't have to know you personally, and all of your value structure, um, yeah, yeah, all your, your main frameworks of family, religion, politics, cultural background at all. They have to; you have to create that trust in what you're saying. So consistency of message, and making sure that your core purpose of what you're standing for and what you're talking about is you mention it at least two, maybe two to three times, depending on how much. Uh, Airtime
0: you have. And I think the fifth pillar. I, I don't know. For for me, I think this might be the hardest one for a lot of people because <laughs> we talk about things like imposter syndrome, and so the fifth pillar is self-confidence, right? And so you can do all these other things, but if it doesn't doesn't come from a place of of feeling uh, assured about yourself, it's very difficult to pull the rest of it off, right?
1: Yeah. Um- self imposter let me just tell everybody imposter syndrome exists and it's a, it's a little thing that catches you off guard makes you second guess what you're about to say and you have no just you know you have no understanding well why did I just hesitate there? why did I back down and a lot of it is subconscious your previous experiences and your self-talk this is a, a lot about self-talk um, it informs your belief and that then becomes reality so for me self-confidence early on in my career was a huge issue you know standing up early on in my career as a facilitator standing up and addressing uh, fairly large crowds talking about technical areas in finance at the time um i was working at uh, jp morgan chase at the time but it would affect my physicality i would go i would get hot i would doubt what i'd say i'd start umming and ahring. But when I stop talking, i will be like, I know this. And that's where the self-confidence is a big thing, is believing in why you are there. A lot of self-talk can start with, why am I talking? If you're feeling nervous, you say, well, why have I been asked to talk? Well, because I'm the, I'm the person in charge of it. I'm the person that put together this data. They want to hear from me. Okay, then I need to relax, find the friendly face on the Zoom call, you know, put it on gallery view these days, uh, the friendly face in the room and work from there. So physical breathing, how we put pressure, you can actually push down on the desk, scrunch up your toes, things that people can't see to give you the physical feeling of self confidence. And the other thing is be careful what you're telling yourself because your brain is always listening. And for me, we get into these negative self-talks. Oh, god, I haven't had enough time to prepare for this. You might be having a shower at the beginning of the day. You go, oh god, you know, I'm running late for this meeting. Oh god, blimey, I have no time to prepare. Oh, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be terrible. You know, so and so is going to be uh, overbearing and take over the meeting. We're projecting our lack of self-confidence and our imposter syndrome into that. We need to catch ourselves doing that and say hang on a minute, you know, I'm going to be there in time, I'm fully prepared you know, you've got to prepare for success is one of my mantras I'm fully prepared for this they ask me to speak okay, they want the information why do they want this information? Because they need it to make their decisions, I'm here to help them and now all of a sudden I'm connecting my self-confidence to authenticity of why I'm here, Um, my poise improves and then I can start to look back at what my message is, the clarity and how I'm going to make that express how I'm going to land it. So yeah, self-confidence is a huge piece. I personally had a lot of experience with it over the years and I'm still coaching myself and many, many other facilitators and leaders through that. How do you get through that? Thank you, Michael. Yep. Yeah, it's a, it's a big piece of I, the puzzle.
0: I don't, I don't think that ever, ever truly leaves you. I think we're all capable of falling into that negative self-talk uh, you just get you just get better at handling it as you get more experience I think
1: I think it, we just need to be aware of it as well that's it can hijack you if you're not aware that you're you need to catch yourself in the moment oh hang on what am I telling myself because my brain is always this <laughs> and oh crumbs I'm gonna be pulling myself right down here why am I doing that and just by doing that helps you refocus back on your message again but it, it's, it's almost a cycle of the five pillars, right? They could, they could go in a, a cycle that that then informs, let me check my message is clear. Has it got that passionate, you know, has it got that passionate edge that needs that people can listen to it? Telling stories is one of the biggest things i talk with people about when they're trying to sell their ideas. Um, yeah, we do, We're just trying to help people to not be someone else, but be themselves, confidently if you're a quiet confident person that's great if you're an expressive person like myself and you just can't you know in a moment i have to make sure i rein that in i need to be very clear with my examples as well so we're all different but this is still a major piece of the puzzle we need to look at and and after you've held a meeting after you've done a presentation presented your ideas maybe to a leadership team it's always good to reflect. Okay, what went what went well for me? When did I feel confident? And what? When did I not follow? Did not rise to the occasion? Why is that? Why is that? Was it? Who was it that I was talking to that maybe influenced that in the room? Because a lot of the time that, that that affects who you're talking to and the feedback you're getting. If you don't get the feedback you're expecting, is it, it can affect your self-confidence
0: michael i know we just scratched the surface on these pillars today and this is something that you get into extensively with uh, companies and individuals mm. if this is if this is something that uh, someone would like to learn more about or or want to know more about your organization and what you do where can they go
1: uh the best thing you can do is put teep training international dot com is our website. That's the where we we list out uh, our services. And one of the best things to do is to look me up on LinkedIn. I'm lucky. Teep is a rare English last name, so if you Google Michael Teep, I'm the first thing that comes up. But link let's get together, connect with me on LinkedIn. You'll find um, I have my latest um, freebie: seven best facilitation tips online to help you look at these five pillars and develop your style as well. So that's available to you for free. Uh, just click on that and download it as well.
0: Michael Teep, thank you so much for joining us today on the Hospital Finance Podcast.
1: Thank you, Michael. It's a pleasure.